0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, June 19th installment of the Silicon Insider, the only truly honest and uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. We're again at my house in Sunnyvale at the Egyptian coffee table, quarantined and ready to go, and perhaps not much longer. My name is Mike Malone, and I've been covering this town longer than anybody. The producer is Tad Malone, who is sitting right next to me, and our host for this podcast is again the Silicon Valley Business Journal. My co host is out again this week, so I'm going to do a special episode a one on one interview with Silicon Valley pioneer Bill Davidow. Bill basically invented modern marketing while a vice president at Intel Corporation, became a venture capital legend at his firm Moore Davidow, and is perhaps best known today as a highly influential author. His latest book, which he happened to write with me, is the autonomous revolution, and you can read his very topical essays on LinkedIn. Hey Bill, welcome.
1: Hi Mike, how
0: are you? So, was that introduction accurate? Well, I, being, I, I never thought of
1: myself as a legend, and uh, so I'm, I guess I'm old enough to be one.
0: Yeah, well. As long as I've done enough to deserve the, the title. Oh, I think most people would disagree with you. When did you come to Silicon Valley? What year?
1: the Russians. so uh,
0: that's what brought me to California so uh, you went to you worked at Sylvania initially is that right
1: Mm -hmm. Because people thought if you were going to do...
0: So I think it's interesting you were working on the first transistor computer, but then actually last weekend I was bidding in an auction on another device that you were involved with called the Intellect when you were at Intel, which has been it's been claimed that it's the first microcomputer that if you just put a damn keyboard and display on it, you would have beaten Apple by about two years. Okay, now, let's roll forward, God, almost 50 years to this year. You and I are talk, doing this on the phone instead of in person, precisely because the entire world has been locked down since March. Back uh, in mid-April, correct. Matt, back in mid-April, you wrote that uh, COVID-19 has already begun to change American culture. What did you mean by that? Well,
1: was the Industrial Revolution, and now uh, you and I made the case that we were on our way to a third revolution, the Autonomous Revolution.
0: You know, this keeps happening to us. When we when we wrote the virtual corporation, you and I both figured, well, 10 to 15 years before all this would happen. And then within 18 months the internet took off, and all of a sudden we were in a virtual world. And I'm struck, I've been struck watching the news this year between the COVID lockdown and the riots and the the major cultural shifts that seem to be going on. That when we were writing the book, I thought we had a few years before this phase changed, but well, it looks like 2020 might be—we may look back on 2020 as the year it happened. Well, you, you know, I made—on I, 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 my blog, I wrote a little piece about Moore's Law. Yeah, that was my next question.
1: <laughs> and uh, and I—you know, what my observation was—
0: precedent right
1: From the railroad to the airplane, the jet plane, took 200 or 300 years. Those were, those order of magnitude improvements. Right. Now suddenly we're talking about six order of magnitude improvements in a decade. I mean, this is uh, something that is unprecedented in the history of humanity.
0: Now, in your essay, you suggest that, even if Moore's Law – and I'll do, I'm going to disagree with you on this part, that if Moore's Law is over, and I've been looking at some numbers coming out of Intel and some other places, that there's a lot of ways you can still keep Moore's Law moving. But even if Moore's Law was dead tomorrow, it would still take a long time for culture to catch up with the impact it's made over the last 50 years.
1: And yeah, it's, it's worth buying. power effectively and that that there will be a lot more benefit to society in figuring out how to make
0: So you wrote, so if Moore's law is broken, we should not worry. We have lots of catching up to do. Speed of change is the wrong metric. There is a lot more to gain socially by investing our technological resources in ensuring that our technologies are socially useful and reducing their harmful side effects. It would be wonderful if we could make society one million times better over the next few decades. Do you really believe that's possible? No, I I take five times. Oh, yeah. No, in fact, let's talk about harmful side effects. Uh, You've discussed a lot of them in various essays. Uh, And let me go go through some of them and get your quick comments on them, and we'll probably scare the hell out of everybody listening to this. But it's kind of hard to disagree. One of them is that human beings... Your claim is human beings really aren't built for cyberspace, that we created this second reality that, evolutionarily speaking, we're not prepared for. What do you mean by that? I think we're discovering that during this Zoom phase of our lives. That's interesting okay yeah I'll I'll even buy that you've also you've also said Bill that that nature is was not created for us that it goes its own way and we have to adapt to it but cyberspace was invented specifically for us to manipulate us in various ways good or bad Okay. Um, let me. So another side effect of this part of the difference between cyberspace and the natural world is, you're suggesting we may be moving into a world where we experience simultaneously inflation and deflation, which seems, you know, counterintuitive. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it,
1: it's an oxymoron. It can't happen according to general economics. the same time There was the following. Uh, The economists are looking at this at a macro level. If I go out and I find 150 million Americans that are experiencing inflation and deflation at a micro level, that to me is a macro level phenomenon.
0: sounds like when you have two opposing forces like that, won't it eventually just tear itself apart? Another way we might become unhappy, and I know you've said this, it, it, you scared me, which is that we worry about the rise of robots, but we're already increasingly being, being surrounded by human robots, that as we become more, in, more engaged in cyberspace, we spend more of our lives in there, we're in a sense giving up our autonomy and a number of other things that make us uniquely human. I bet you for some kids during this quarantine, it was higher than that. Okay, one last thing. I want to I want to talk a little bit about the valley, but I have one quick question for you, and that's the one that, when people think about Mike in this town, might get you and probably me lynched, which is the idea is that the internet grew the wrong way, and that freeware is the most pernicious invention of modern times, and that we need to monetize both the internet in some way and Make speech more expensive, or at least more costly, as a disciplinary process. Explain that to me real quick.
1: Well, I think we know anytime time you underprice something, it gets abused and people... Ex- Spam uh, Would uh, Drop Considerably
0: Interesting Okay Alright We're going to run out of time here But i got to ask you You've been here For 60 years As an adult I mean not just as a kid But as an adult Watching this valley You've been a participant In every step of the way From the from the Semiconductor revolution All the way to Your current I mean you're now a futurist Uh No No No, no. You know Uh what has changed around here? And I don't mean just we have more freeways and we have a lot more traffic and more buildings and houses and companies and all that. Philosophically, what has changed here? I mean, I, I've, I knew as a cub reporter your generation of leaders of the valley, you know, the Noises and the Moors and the Groves, and you were kind of a junior partner in that. All the way up to now with the code writers and the social networks and all that. How has it changed in terms of how we think about entrepreneurship and about uh, social responsibility and all of that?
1: anymore. They're social engineers. And there is a lot more responsibility that comes with being a social engineer uh, than being an ordinary engineer. And I think that's one of the big changes in the Valley.
0: Interesting. I think that'll be an eye-opener for a lot of people. I think we've all sensed that, but I think you're the first person that's actually explained it in a cogent way. Uh, Bill, thank you for taking the time out this morning and uh, we'll see you soon. And that's it for now, folks. You can find us along with Ted's blog on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify, Patreon, Google, and Apple. We're almost halfway through this crazy year, folks. Bye-bye.